Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of The Articulate Fly. On this episode, I'm joined by Zach Pope, the founder of Trout Routes. Zach shares his fly fishing journey, we discuss tech and fly fishing, and Zach shares the latest Trout Routes update. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. But before we get to the interview, just a couple of housekeeping items. If you like the podcast, please tell a friend, and please subscribe and leave us a rating and review in the podcatcher of your choice. It really helps us out. And a shout out to this episode's sponsor. This episode's sponsored by our friends at Norvice. Their motto is, tie better flies faster, and they produce the only vice that truly spins. In early 2023, the Norvice team will be on the road demonstrating the Norvice at fly fishing shows across the country. To check out all of Norvice's great products and to see if they'll be coming to a town near you, head over to www.nor-vice.com today. Now, on to our interview. Well, Zach, welcome to the Articulate Fly. Thanks so much for having me. It's an uh, honor to be here. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our conversation, and we have a tradition. We like to ask all of our guests to share their earliest fishing memory. Yeah, you know, so I'm from the upper Midwest in Minnesota, and I got an older brother, older sister, uh, and, and our parents. We used to go to some of the, you know, we have tons of uh, warm water fishing opportunities. And so we used to go every summer to a cabin up in the middle of northern Minnesota. And, you know, it was, it was pretty common, you know, 10 years old, you got your, your zip code, your, your kind of your, your standard gear. And we used to go for, for anything we could find, whether it was bass or panfish or northern. And that was kind of some of my, my fondest memories growing up. Nothing fly fishing at the time, but that's definitely how I got started. Uh, very, very neat. And when did you come to the dark side of fly fishing? You know, so my grandpa passed away before I was born. And so we were at one point kind of cleaning out his garage. And so I randomly found this like crazy looking fly rod. And I, I, I still to this day look back and I'm like, what the heck was that thing? It was like a nine foot two piece piece of metal, basically. Uh, barely flexed at all at the time. I, you know, basically had no idea what it was. I just knew it was a fly rod. And I was always like really kind of enamored with this idea of fly fishing. I saw these, these guys and gals that were doing this. They just seemed like they were on it. They were, in, you know, they had this, like, they had this persona about them and this, this, like this kind of mentality about them that just, I envied, like it was, you were in the zone, you were in tune with nature and you were really sure about what you did. And I always wanted to get into it. And when I found this rod in my grandpa's garage, it was kind of like a calling to me. And so first thing I did is I took it to, you know, the local shop. I think it was like Cabela's or something. And I think they, you know, looked at it and were like, you know, I'm not really sure what this is kid. And I think I was 16 and they probably tried to, you know, send it to a museum or something. And instead I just picked up the, you know, the probably the cheapest entry level uh, fly fishing starter kit. And and really, I just went from there. I went to a couple of local lakes and started fishing for panfish. And um, I just kind of hooked it up. You know, I just got hooked pretty, pretty darn early right away from there. Yeah, very, very neat. And, you know, who are some of the folks that have mentored you on your fly fishing journey and what did they teach you? Yeah, you know, I kind of have the journey of I got just hooked really early on by myself. And it started off by just kind of falling in love with this idea of exploration and so in Minnesota, there's actually a pretty, uh, I would say, an underrated area called the Driftless. Um, and I'm actually in the Twin Cities of, of you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul. And it's only like an hour away from the edge of the Driftless, which is this area of incredible, you know, cold water fishery opportunities. And so really, my early days were just like looking at maps and just trying to find the nearest trout stream and, and exploring. 
Um, and actually this was like, even in the winters where there's nothing else to do and I would just drive around. And I say that because I, I think I have the, the early experience of just, just not having the mentorship that I wish I would have had. And part of that was just feeling like the, I just kind of felt like the community wasn't as accessible as I would have liked it to be. And that includes whether it's information or the fly shops or the guides, or just like my personal, you know, willingness to kind of get out there and just put myself out there in front of these experts and ask questions. And so, you know, for the first five or so years, it was just kind of me doing things on my own, but I eventually learned the power and just like the, the resource of these fly shops. There's so much knowledge and if you can just kind of get through, they are just so helpful and so resourceful. So I would say, you know, when I finally got to the point where I was willing to go into a fly shop, I think that was definitely my first mentor. And some of those fly shops are like, you know, just to call a couple of names, Bob Mitchell's in St. Paul was huge. And then there's a fly shop in actually the Black Hills where I took my first trip out to, uh, I would call it out West. Um, it's not quite out West, but pretty close. Um, the Dakota Angler in that uh, Rapid City was just incredibly helpful. It's actually where I got my, um, had my first guide really helped me kind of get into it. Yeah, very, very neat. And, you know, for folks that don't know, you're the founder of Trout Routes. And, you know, why did you start the company and kind of what opportunity or need did you see in the market? Yeah, so uh, founder and CEO of Trout Routes, uh, we started in 2018. Um, I, I think it really goes all the way back to my first uh, experience with fly fishing. I, I just have such a deep passion and love for not just fly fishing, but the places it takes you. And I felt that I wanted more and more people to experience what I experienced. And I truly believe that the industry and the sport will be better off if we can get more people into it and align with conservation. And I feel like we still have a lot of barriers in the sport. And one of those barriers is just a complete lack of consolidated information. And I don't mean like the best spot to go. I mean, you know, where are their trout streams? Where and how can I publicly access something? And so, you know, I, I really had a passion for that concept and I have an engineering background as well as kind of this entrepreneurship type DNA. And so uh, back in 2018, I kind of put it together and a little bit of a random side story. I actually initially started the company to try to create low cost turbidity sensing, which is a little bit of an odd thing, but I think it kind of gives you a, a little bit of an insight on really, I set out to solve problems that I saw myself as an early angler. And, you know, one of those things was just simply not knowing where to go and not knowing where these, these awesome cold water streams were. But secondly, there's other things that we as cold water anglers see, which is like, I would like to know the flows and more than just the few streams around me that have um, these stream gauges. And so I really set out in an, an, an a general way of trying to create the system that I found very, very useful. Um, and I, I kind of kind of fast forwarding a little bit, I kind of took this um, what's called like a, um, a, a lean startup approach where I, I found and developed something that I thought was really useful. And I kind of took the next step, which was to share it to the community. And so we launched in uh, 2019 at the, um, this expo in Minneapolis. And honestly, it was just like trying to figure out if, you know, am I off or am I on? Do people like this? And kind of the rest was kind of history from there. Yeah, very, very neat. But, you know, as you mentioned, you've got a, a technical background and you had a stable pre-trout routes job. And so, you know, what's it like to, you know, come home and tell your wife that, you know, you want to like put all that to the side and go found your own company. Yeah. So before trial routes, I was a director of engineering at a medical device company in the twin cities, actually working on uh, hearing aids. 
And the funny, the funny backstory is uh, I wasn't a director for very long. I was kind of a, a manager of a tech development um, group um, that same year um, in 2019. And actually, so in one year in 2019, I uh, uh, met my wife who I had met once when I was like seven or 10 or something. We were, you know, reconnected and started dating in 2019. By the end of 2019, uh, in the fall, I quit my job, got engaged, and started trial routes full time. And in February of 2020, we got married in Puerto Rico, which we all know a month later, two weeks later, COVID hit. So it was a pretty wild, you know, pretty wild jump. But I would say, you know, whenever people ask me about, you know, making that jump, it is just really the coolest experience you can ever have. For me, it was uh, no matter where the story ends, I'm just so excited that I had the opportunity to, to take that jump. And for me, I, I, I considered a, a little bit of a calculated risk. Um, you know, I didn't bring a lot of, I didn't bring any money into trout routes at all. I don't you know, really come from money, but I did save up kind of my own little, little chest that I can kind of lean on as I, as I kind of took on trout routes. When we started the company, uh, it was completely a free project. And the idea was that we would develop this as far as we can and then see if we can start monetizing it. And so there was definitely, a, you know, six to 12 month period where left my job, you know, just got married and we were just kind of, kind of going for it. So very unique experience. I could probably talk, you know, a long time about it, but I think I couldn't have done it without a lot of mentorship and without a lot of, I would say like professional education. I mean, I got a, um, an, M- an MBA in like technical uh, management development, which was really helpful from the university of Minnesota and just kind of taking calculated risks. And, um, and I think, you know, I, I kind of mentioned that when I first got into fly fishing, I kind of felt, you know, a little bit intimidated, maybe like an outsider trying to get in. But by the time I first started this project, it was so cool to just see the community just kind of surround themselves with this project and provide really helpful feedback and to kind of support the project. Um, so it was really cool. It was a really cool experience. Yeah, very, very neat. And, you know, um, on the startup front, you know, you're never really done, right? Like your to-do list never gets shorter. Um, but uh, do you kind of remember that aha moment uh, when you knew you hadn't been crazy to start the company? Yeah, 100%. Um, the day was March 17th, 2019. So, uh, again, we, you know, I started this idea in 2018. Uh, I still had a full-time job. So, at this point, I'm working super late nights you know, 12 hour weekend, you know, 12 hour days every weekend, pretty crazy. And I thought I had something and I figured the best way to test this is to go to where I could find the most anglers. And in Minnesota, that's the, um, the Midwest actually called the great waters fly fishing expo, um, ran by trout unlimited in Minnesota. And I think there's like 4,000 or so people there. And literally the year before, you know, I was almost intimidated to get into that as an attendee, you know, because like all these experts, they all know what they're talking about. I'm, I'm kind of a lifelong learner. And in 2019, I decided, why don't I just have a booth and just see what happens? So we launched it at 2019. It was completely free. And I was literally just there to ask people what they think. And it was definitely at that expo. People were just shocked that it was free. They were, they were just, the feedback that I got was just electrifying. And I remember telling my dad, who's been supportive and pretty involved from the very beginning, um, that same weekend, I told my dad, this is going to be, you know, this is it. I'm quitting my job as soon as I can. And it was definitely at that show that I realized it's going to be something bigger than just a side project. Yeah, super duper neat. And, you know, what's been the biggest challenge or surprise so far? Well, you know, honestly, it's been... What, I guess four or so years, almost four years. The, the biggest challenge has been honestly the last six months. Um, so, you know, from a startup perspective, 
this project has been primarily run, you know, I've been the only full-time employee. There's been a, um, a handful of, we do have a board and a, and a couple investors um, that have all been super helpful, but I'm the only full-time employee up until, you know, four months ago. So you're talking someone that does all the mapping, someone that does all the software, all the marketing, all the customer support, the whole nine yards. And we uh, made the decision to do a, a series A, which in startup world is, is just a, a, a primary fundraising round. And with that, we felt like really wanted to bring what we thought was an awesome product to the rest of the, you know, essentially the rest of the nation. And, you know, so we basically went from one employee to seven and actually now eight and having a headquarters in uh, not downtown, but pretty close to downtown Minneapolis. And that's, that's a crazy experience for anyone that's been through that. That's a pretty interesting uh, challenge uh, to say the least, especially in, especially in 2022, where most people are, are actually going remote. Um, we chose a pretty specific strategy where we wanted a super cohesive, collaborative, um, you know, working environment where we're all in the office like every day because it's just a very, you know, fast paced um, software environment. So to try and go from one employee to seven, all within three months, all within, you know, in-person working has been definitely a challenge, but also really rewarding. Yeah, very, very neat because you closed your Series A, what, in last, I guess, September? Uh, four months. Yeah. September. So three, four months ago. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. And, you know, so for folks who aren't familiar, can you give us a kind of a, a 30,000 foot overview of Trout Routes? Yeah. So Trout Routes is an app that focuses on helping you find trout streams and how to access them. So the, the core problem that we're trying to solve is we want you to use Trout Routes to find any trout stream in the country. And on top of that, we're going to help you really quickly find where to access it. And so, you know, the high level concept is we want you to get on the water as fast as possible so you can spend more time on the water and less time driving around. And it really goes back to my first days fly fishing where, you know, I would have four hours in a day and I spend 90% of it just driving around these, these farms, which don't get me wrong, they're, they're beautiful, but I'd rather be hiking around on a stream. And so when you, when you scale that problem to the United States, we're talking about different regions, different use cases. And we really set out to solve that problem. So with our one system, we have every trout stream in the entire country that has ever had trout, which by itself, we should talk about. Um, and then we have every piece of public access that you can, that you can find anywhere in the country. And we have it all, all in one system. So it really, it really removes the barriers of the super fragmented informational system that is the, you know, the different state um, DNR systems and all the different maps that are out there. Yeah. So it's really interesting because I've played around with the app and you're really, you know, you've got a, you know, like a lot of the handheld kind of GPS apps like Onyx or uh, some or Gaia, but then you've got, you know, flow information, fly shop information, you show public private. I mean, it's, it's a pretty robust system. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's super helpful. I mean, I used it, I was actually up, um, uh, steelhead fishing and uh, was using it up. I think, I think PA was mapped, but maybe Ohio was not or Ohio steelhead was not, but, but it was great. Right. I mean, it was great to be able to look at all of that stuff and, um, you know, and also to be able to use it offline. Right. So, you know, which is super important, right. When you go to all the cool places where you can't get reception. Yeah. So like the core, you know, the core features are we have every trout stream in the country. We also attempt to put them into one of four classes. Um, that we rate ourselves. So right there, that's a super hard problem. So no one's ever mapped every trout stream in the country ever. Um, I think I'm going to stand by that. And certainly no one's ever gone through and tried to put them into, you know, their own little class system. 
we take it a step further. We had all the public land, which by itself, you know, is, is super hard to do. Um, Onyx, which is a giant, you know, one of the leader is the leader in, in hunting has done that. Um, and then we go a step further and we had things like stream flows, offline maps. We have personalized features where you can kind of create your own stream notes and pictures and, and your own markers. Um, we also have things like elevation profiles and that's a little bit of a, of a novel feature that, that we've introduced that is pretty unique to, to fly fishing or, or trout fishing where you can learn a lot of unique, um, a lot of unique things about it, about a river when you study its elevation map. And so two different examples would be if you're looking at, you know, the headwaters of a, of a freestone in called Colorado, there's a huge difference between, you know, the high slope elevation of the headwaters that's at 10,000 feet versus like the very slow sloped, you know, 4,000 foot tail, you know, tailwater or, you know, the base of called the South Platte. So being able to understand the elevation of where you're going. And then in addition to that, the second thing that you can pull is where there are tailwaters or lakes. So sometimes you'll see the elevation map kind of flatten out and then drop. And right there is a very interesting little experience where you can dive in and kind of say, you know, what is there? Is that a dam? Is that a hidden tailwater? And that can be a very unique place to access that as well. So we've kind of just taken, I think one of our advantages or one of our passions is that we really are passionate about the moving trout water use case. So we don't focus on lakes. We don't focus on warm water. We only focus on moving trout waters, and we do that super, super well and thorough. Yeah, it's it's a really, really neat app, and I'm I'm looking forward to playing with it a little bit more. I mean, I think you know the use case for the individual angler is pretty clear, but if you're a fly shop or a guide, how can you use trout routes? Yeah, that's a really good a really good point. I would say it's probably a good opportunity to just um, talk candidly about you know when we first started the project. I think there was some feedback and even some hesitation with, with fly shops um, and even some guides. And I think, you know, when you're in the outdoor space and you're in this era of like, call it, you know, digitalization, where you have these new companies like Trout Routes or Onyx, you know, or HuntWise or HuntStand, and they're, they're really kind of disrupting the accessibility of the outdoor space in ways that couldn't be possible for, it makes people uncomfortable. And I think for, for good, for some good reasons, right. We have these delicate, limited, natural resources. And I think there's a lot of power and a lot of danger potentially in what something like, like we're doing. And I think it's, I think the good thing is that we have a lot of really strong core values with conservation that we'll talk about in a minute, but as far as how can guides and, you know, and fly shops work with us, we've always been super passionate about the value of fly shops, their mentorship guides and their ability to teach and other resources like books, you know, pamphlets, et cetera. And so from the very beginning, we've worked really, really hard at making it easy for anglers to directly connect with fly shops within our app. Um, we've mapped out to date, I think it's like, I think it's like 835 fly shops that we've like by hand mapped out. And when I say by hand, I mean, we figure out the name of the shop, we figure out their address, we figure out the exact website of their, of their shop. Even if it's a Facebook page, and they don't have a website, I'll manually put that website in. Then we put in their phone number so that with one click, an angler can call that fly shop, figure out what's hitting, what's not, and hopefully go in and actually buy some stuff. Uh, and the last thing is, is for some select shops so far, we've actually manually created their own logo. So, and this is all pro bono because we believe in the value of fly shops. So going forward, what I would say is that we're going to be taking that a step further. We're going to be working to partner with guides, with fly shops and with authors to try to promote those resources and directly connect them with the anglers. At this point, 
I can't go public with how many users are on our system, but it's it's a lot and it's growing very quickly. And so I think we have an opportunity to, to better connect anglers with resources such as books, such as authors and guides, et cetera. So I would say to answer your question full circle, I would say get in touch. I mean, we would love to work and partner with people that are in, that are in the industry and that share kind of our core values. Yeah. And I would say too, it's interesting too, because, and we'll talk a little bit more in a minute about kind of your focus on privacy and a user's ownership of data, but, you know, kind of one of the things when you see these apps and I was kind of struck because it was in your documentation when I read it is, you know, there's really nothing that you can do with trout routes that you can't do with, with analog materials. Right. So, you know, there's no kind of spot burning or, or sharing or anything like that. I mean, it's the same stuff that people can do using Google Maps or Apple Maps and the Gazetteer or, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, actually, there's less you can do on Trout than you can do on Google Maps. So on Google Maps, you can, you know, you can create a marker and you can actually share that marker or you can share feedback on a place. Or there, I think there is some level of community within Google Maps. Um, and we actually don't even allow that. So let me back up and kind of answer the overall privacy challenge that 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 the whole industry really faces. And I think it's it's important to start that you know our business model is super simple. We have a subscription model where end users pay a premium, an annual fee of right now forty bucks, which is super cheap, for access to all of our premium features, and that's it. It's super simple. So we have no interest or even uh, ability or um, activity in viewing any of the personal data that is inside of trout routes, uh, specifically the, the databases. And so specifically, like the things that are actually personal in trout is pretty limited. Um, what we record involves your ability to create markers. So one of the features is like you can create your own marker. So for example, um, and they're fully customizable. And so let's say you have a favorite restaurant uh, on the Madison, um, Upper Madison in, in Montana. Uh, I think there's one called the Grizzly Cafe, which is, you know, I've been there. It's one of my favorites. You can actually create a marker, have the icon be a restaurant, save some notes. You can even have a picture. Uh, and that's just one of many things that you can do to personalize the trout routes experience. I think one of the hesitations from the outdoor industry is everyone assumes that what you do in an app like trout routes or like Onyx is public and it cannot be further from the case. Everything is completely private. It will be and always will be in at least trout routes, I can say. Um, so we're trying to do a better job communicating that, but I think we probably haven't done the best so far, but to be very clear, we don't do anything with it. It's completely yours. It's completely private. The only thing that we do allow you to do is sharing it with, uh, a peer. So like, let's say you're going to meet your buddy at a bridge. You can do that, but that's it. Yeah. Which is really no different than a guide texting you a pen. Right. So exactly. Yeah. And it's, it, it's an interesting thing too, cause I'm kind of, um, uh, you know, this cause we've talked before, I'm kind of geeky and I love tech stuff, but I mean, you know, when you say, you know, that the monetization is just a subscription, you know, and people's information is their own, but you know, also you're not data mining your users. They're not the product. Right. So, you know, there are some apps um, out there where, you know, the cost is controlled because basically they're watching everywhere you go and then bundling that and selling it to advertisers. And that's not something that you, you are doing or want to do ever. Right. Exactly. I think it's, it's pretty typically, you know, you offer something of value for free and you benefit on the backside, typically without the user either knowing or being educated on that, which is like Google, Facebook, whatever. We're doing very intentionally the exact opposite. We provide value. We think you'll pay for it. And if you choose to, that's great. But we in no way do or ever will 
use, view, or leverage or sell any data that comes into our system. Yeah. And, you know, how did you get to that point? Because obviously, you know, people think about Apple being a privacy forward company, but not all tech companies are like that. You know, how did you kind of arrive at that emphasis on privacy and data ownership? You know, it's, it's always been, to be honest, a little bit of a tension because, you know, as a startup, there's so much um, temptation to try to grow as fast as you can. And some of the best ways to do that is to leverage um, some of these, um, I think they call it like ecosystem growth, you know, hacks where you can try to create community and try to make it viral and try to really uh, grow the community of the people that are using it through sharing, through, you know, the Facebook style integration within your app. And we've always pushed back on that. And I think part of it, to be fair, is, is feedback that we get directly from the industry. I mean, very early on, we all know that in the outdoor space, none of us are really comfortable with that, you know? Um, and But to be very clear, I think for me, I feel like I'm trying to play a positive role in the future of the industry and the community. And I don't want something like, uh, I'll just call it fish brain, because I think that's a fair, you know, name call. I don't want something like that to come into the sport and be a leader in the app space of fly fishing and have it be a negative force in what ends up being fly fishing in 20 years. And I only call out that specific name because in my mind, that is the definition of hot spotting where you as an individual can create a specific point and publish it, um, it to a very wide audience completely without any control. To me, that is the definition of hot spotting is when you take a specific point and share it to a broad audience without any sort of, discretion on where that goes, such as social media, that's hotspotting. So we've been very careful about that line. And um, to be honestly very candid, I can tell you a story of where that hasn't gone well. Um, when we first started out, we first started the project, I had a, uh, as an engineer and an early angler, I had this really cool idea where um, you could create a marker in Trout This is back when it was free three years ago. I think we had like, I don't know, 5,000 users or something something very small. And so the idea was you can create a marker. And if you really want to, you can take your own marker and flag it as public. And the second that you do that, every other user can see that point. And as an engineer, I was fascinated by like the scalability of that and the the power of that from a purely from a technical perspective. And we actually went live with that for like two weeks. Um, this is back when we had a really tight feedback loop from the industry uh, or from the community really in the Midwest. And really, really quickly, Someone was like, what are you thinking? Like, that is the worst possible idea ever. And and because I was so, you know, in the engineering, in the technical side of it, I didn't pick my head up to realize kind of the importance of the decisions that we make as we grow. And so within two, I think, I think it was like within four weeks, we completely scrapped that whole thing. We actually took away that feature, realizing that we had crossed that line. So I just want to point out, you know, from a humility perspective, we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to get it right every time, but we do have core values that we do adhere to. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, I, I think about this in tech in general about, you know, on the development side, kind of, um, uh, you know, kind of, I guess, I think an error, always thinking that technology is always inherently good, right? And uh, and not thinking about those unintended consequences. And, you know, to your point, you can't always get it right, but you can be really deliberate about what you don't want to have happen. Yeah, and I would I would expand on that and say, I think there is a choice that you can make to listen and to make changes when you know you've made a mistake. And I, I think that's a choice that not everyone makes. And I think we have been, I will give us credit for being very good at listening and asking questions, even to people that are not super fond of the idea of apps and fly fishing. 
and we do make changes where we think it makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned earlier in the interview, Zach, that, uh, you know, with the Series A money, you were able to basically go from being a one-man show to having seven or eight folks on your team. You want to tell us a little bit about your recent additions? Yeah. So we, one of the things that we've noticed is we took a core idea, which is trout routes, and we actually started off in, in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. And the idea there is that, you know, we really didn't want to expand in new states until we felt like we had full coverage of that state. So we never add a state until we have every single trout stream in that state added. And so it, it takes a, a very, very, uh, a ton of work to make sure that you have everything fully covered before you add a state. And so I say that because when we did our series A, you know, three, four months ago, I think we we're at, I think it was 33 states. And so one of our investments was in expanding our, our mapping and GIS team. And so we have folks that are really working on taking what's in my mind, which is kind of this, this proprietary um, kind of novel approach to GIS analysis that lets us scale um, both with quality and with scope. And what I mean by that is it's pretty hard to map out 50,000 streams with a lot of detail. Um, so it takes a pretty novel approach. And so part of hiring and investing there is, is figuring out how to scale that process and get more people on board. And so what that means is we're going to have the entire lower 58 covered um, actually by January 1st uh, this coming year. So that's super exciting. Um, we've also invested a lot in, in marketing. So my background, again, is very technical. Um, I've been able to kind of hack my way through marketing, but I think there's a lot of room for growth there in terms of partnerships and kind of really professionalizing our brand overall. And so you, if you're paying you know, attention to our, to our brand in the last couple of months, you've probably seen it it's really kind of stepped up in kind of how we present ourselves to the industry. Um, and so that's really exciting. And then the last part is just investing in our software and the product itself. So again, you, you know, you're talking to a, you know, essentially like a software manager, which means I'm not very good at software. And I'm the only person doing software for like the last three years. So one of the areas that we're investing in is really taking dedicated software engineers to improve the quality, to professionalize the UI and the UX, to kind of optimize and add features that we're missing. Um, and so you put, put all that together, and it should be a really, really exciting 2023 ahead. Yeah, very, very neat. And kind of thinking beyond 2023, what's your long-term vision for the company? You know, my vision is that we have a system that has everything that you need for moving trout waters in the U.S. So I'm super excited for where we are, but there's so much more that I'd like to add. And so a couple examples would be like, um, what's a good example? I was just on the, so I went to, I went, this is a false story. I went to a cabin, um, Northern Minnesota, and there was a, there's a random trout stream not far away. And when I clicked on it, I realized that there were no specific statewide regulations on that particular stream. And I caught myself trying to Google search the stream name and Minnesota regulations and trying to figure out that whole thing. And so every time that I personally use that that trout routes product, I realized that there's more things that I want to be in there. And my long-term vision is that you never have to leave the app to learn what you need to learn to get on the water. So we're talking regulations. We're talking specific special rigs for that stream, which we just added. We're talking potentially education. So if you're new to the sport and you don't understand things like fish handling or stream etiquette or um, how to debarb and why you should debarb your hooks, um, I want all that stuff to be in the app. And, you know, another idea would be like when you're doing research uh, for trip planning, I want you to be aware of every book and every guide and every fly shop that serves that area that you're researching. 
And so I, all these things that I want inside this one single platform. And so, I mean, long, long term, you know, we might take our core system and go into different regions or we might try and tackle new verticals. Um, but right now we are super focused on moving trout waters and being that one source of a tool such that you never have to go anywhere else. Yeah, very, very neat. And so you mentioned that you're going to have the lower 48 mapped here literally in a few weeks, which is awesome. Um, are there any other kind of announcements or news you'd like to share with our listeners? I mean, the, the lower 48 is huge. To my knowledge, no one's ever, ever uh, put together a map that has every trout stream in the country. Um, we're just wrapping it up, and I believe it's, 50, I think it's 50,498 individual trout streams. Um, and again, that's a, a pretty cool concept because we actually go through and that includes our rating system. And it also includes flags. Like um, we have this really, really powerful filters feature where you can actually um, take our entire map and only show things such as tailwaters or sections of rivers that have easements or the top rivers in the country, which would be your, you know, your top classes. And no one's ever done that to my knowledge ever. And so we're just super excited. It's been a ton of work and that's been kind of our long-term vision all along. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's kind of the main thing. Yeah. And the neat thing too, is, you know, you've got the mobile apps, but you can also uh, interact with the software from a desktop with a browser for, so for like, you know, more trip planning type stuff for long-term stuff. Sometimes it's a little bit easier to do that on a desktop. You know, you can do it there and it works great. Yeah. That's kind of our idea is you can be on your desktop on a big screen with a mouse and a keyboard and take your notes and do your research. And when you flip over to your phone while you're on the road, all that stuff's, you know, synced up and and on your, uh, on your phone. So it should be kind of this, this, you know, this three in one platform that your, your account gets you. Yeah. Very neat. And, um, are you going to be on the show circuit in 2023? Yeah. So 2022, we went to the great waters expo, which is in the Midwest, uh, Minnesota. And we also went to the Michigan show, um, in Detroit this year, we are hoping to be at quite a few shows. So we're going to be at most of the fly fishing shows, which is, I think it's, uh, Edison, uh, Marlboro, which is basically Boston, probably Atlanta, for sure, Denver, um, Sacramento, Minneapolis, Michigan. Uh, there's one in Iowa, one in Missouri, one in West Virginia. We're going to be at quite a few of them. Uh, very, very neat. And have I left anything out uh, that you want to share with our listeners before you let you, I let you go tonight? Yeah, I think the last thing I would just say is, is as an early you know company, we've been so focused on trying to get our product off the ground. But as we have kind of grown and, and matured a little bit, we have, we're trying to find ways of living out our values a little bit more. And so those involve things like uh, the three core values for us are going to be conservation, inclusivity, and accessibility. So for conservation, we've always partnered with Trout Unlimited. Um, I've been serving on the board of Twin Cities Trout Unlimited, uh, not recently, but uh, in the last three years. And I've always felt like they play a huge role in conservation and rehab for trout streams and, and just building community um, across the country. And inclusivity to me is something that I'm pretty passionate about where we're trying to take that next step and making fly fishing more accessible to those that otherwise wouldn't likely access it. So in that case, we're partnering with United Women on the Fly, who's doing some really cool events. And so we're actually doing some scholarships where we're trying to sponsor individuals to get into these training programs that they have that are specifically geared towards uh, women anglers. And then lastly, accessibility, I feel like uh, BHA is one of the leaders in helping individuals tackle um, access issues. And so we're partnering with them on a national level starting in January as well. Yeah, and they're a really neat organization. I think they probably have kind of one of the broadest coalitions of outdoorsmen and women um, 
out there, right? In terms of age, you know, demogra- demographics, um, everything. It's really a pretty amazing group of folks. Yeah, the thing that I've loved learning about them over the last, I would say, six months is they they get really deep. You know, if they'll, they'll if they learn about a specific access issue, like whether it's on the Madison or some, you know, they, they do hunting and obviously and angling, but they'll get really involved in particular issues and get their boots on the ground and really help you through your legal challenges if it has to do with access. And I just, I love that they're not just talking the talk, but they're actually getting their feet on the ground and getting super involved. And they have a huge track record as far as things that they've, they've accomplished over the years. So we're really excited to kind of partner with them and hopefully kind of help them um, specifically with uh, initiatives related to cold water uh, fisheries. Yeah, very neat. And if someone wants to check out trout routes, you know, where should they go and kind of, you know, get the free and how much is the paid plan and kind of give folks those details? Yeah, one cool thing about our product is we do have a free option. So if you want to just get into the system free, play with it, uh, the free version isn't, you know, the most useful, but you will see all of our trout streams. You can use all the personalized notes and all that. And best of all, when you sign up, you give us your email. So we'll keep you updated on all of our progress, all of our initiatives. Um, the pro, which gives you access to all the stuff we've talked about across the entire country. Uh, today is 40, I, uh, 40 bucks a year. I say that because I'm not sure if it always will be with all kinds of other stuff going on. Um, and then lastly, if you really wanted to stay connected with us uh, online, social media is always a good place. Um, so we are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter uh, at Trout Routes. Uh, gotcha. And what's your website URL for folks too? Troutroutes.com. Yeah. And I'll drop all that stuff in the show notes. And uh, Zach, I suspect our paths will cross during show season. And I really appreciate you uh, spending some time with me this evening. Yeah, I hope so. I really hope to uh, see you in person again soon. I really, it's an honor to be here. And thanks so much for your articulate questions and for spending the time tonight. Oh, I appreciate you making the time. Thank you so much. Take care and be well. Yep. Talk to you soon. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. Again, if you like the podcast, please tell a friend and please subscribe and leave us a rating review in the podcatcher of your choice. Tight lines, everybody.